Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. All right, what's up, C12? How we doing tonight? We doing good? Man, it's so good to be here. Uh, if it is your first time with us, we just wanted to say a big welcome home. Uh, maybe you missed the uh, guest experience on the way in, and uh, we might throw that slide up uh, behind the screen. We'd love to, what we call, just make it official. And Maybe it is your first time, and, and hey, we just love to get to know you, and there's a place we can do that after service and talk about that later. But if you were here last week for the night of worship, who was your last week for the night of worship? Man, so, so good. I love what God's doing uh, in all your guys' lives. I love what God's doing in this ministry. And, uh, and one of the things that we talked about, and the whole theme of, of, of this ministry moving forward is really just the theme of forward. And one of the ways that we do that is actually getting to have a chance to make an impact. And if you were here last week, you heard about the organization that we're going to partner with, which is called Streetwise. And uh, if you've been a part of Streetwise before, um, it's uh, kind of leading up into uh, Easter. And I know a lot of you guys uh, have already signed up for that. We'd love to, hey, as a ministry, go be the hands and feet of Jesus, both inside and outside the church walls. And Streetwise is an awesome organization that gets to deal with uh, broken families and, and maybe kids who, who don't grow up uh, having everything that they need. And they're going to have a big drive through. There's plenty of ways to serve on this day, whether you like, you're just a big burly dude and you love packing boxes or you love to pray over people. Uh, Holly is the big burly dude who loves to pack some boxes. Uh, but maybe for you, it's just like, hey, I want to play more behind the scenes role and and hey we love to have you out there but uh, without further ado I want to kick things off for tonight uh, we have a guest speaker in the house uh, so I invite him on up his name's Andy Brightbill can we give it up for Andy man we are uh, jumping into a new series uh, called dream again and uh, without kind of spilling everything the whole point of this series is to kind of revisit what God has for you and revisit the things that God can do in your life, the things that God can do through your life. Uh, and we're going to uh, kick things off tonight with Andy being here uh, and what it means to dream again. So why don't we get up for one more time for Andy. Thanks, Thank you so much for being here tonight, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You know, one of the, uh, one of the best parts about uh, being a pastor is that every embarrassing thing that happened to you in your life up until this very moment in time is now a sermon illustration. Uh, so good to know God redeemed everything, and uh, I'm going to tell you a story if you promise that you won't judge me when I tell the story. Yeah, okay. I don't really buy that you're not going to judge me. It's okay. Anytime somebody starts a story with promise you won't judge me, you already know you're in for something exciting. So I used to coach varsity boys basketball. It was about 10 years ago, maybe a little longer than that, and, uh, and, and it was early in the season. We were getting ready for our next opponent. It was a, an away game at their place. And that week in practice, we were going over stopping the opponent's offense at the point of attack. Doesn't matter if you know what that is or not. Here's all you need to know. If they have a tendency to go one direction, we don't want them to go that direction. So four minutes into this game, the kid comes into the game for the other team and he catches the ball and he goes to his left. The next time down the floor, they pass the ball to the same kid, he catches the ball, and he goes to his left. And now I'm a little frustrated because we had just gone over this in practice. And as you might imagine, or you'll learn as we go through the night, I can kind of sometimes be just a little bit intense. And so I was up off the bench, and I was yelling to my team, force him right, 
Force him right, he's got no right hand. Force him right. And I'm yelling this in the gym. And while I'm yelling this in the gym, I hear my assistant coach on the bench behind me start to whisper my name, Andy, Andy. And I'm like, man, we're in the middle of this. We gotta get this right, right now. The next time down the floor, they pass the ball to the same kid. Guess what he did? Bet you can't guess. He went to his left. Now I'm mad, right? So I'm off the bench again, and I'm yelling at the team, force him right, he's got no right hand, force him right. And my assistant coach reached up from behind me on the bench and grabbed me by the back of the pants and pulled me down on the seat. And he leaned in, some of you already know where this is going. He leaned in and he whispered to me, Andy, that kid literally has no right hand. Did you ever have a moment where you didn't realize what was happening all around you and then something instantly happened and you for just in that split second realized there's like a thousand people in this gym right now that I didn't realize were here literally three seconds earlier. I had no idea. And some of the people in this gym are probably the parent of that young man who I just insulted in front of the entire gymnasium. So when the game is done, I'm apologizing to this kid and to his family and to the athletic director of the other team. I had to call our athletic director on the way home and let him know what I had done because it was super embarrassing. Anybody ever have a moment like that? And here's the deal. After it happened and I became aware of what was going on, I wish I could tell you that my first thought was for the well-being of that young man on the other team. But guess who I thought about first in that moment? I thought about me. I thought about, I wonder what all these people in this gym think about me. I wonder what this kid and his family think about me. I wonder what this other school thinks about me. I wonder what the parents of the kids on our team think about me. I was obsessed in that moment when something uncomfortable happened and the only person I could think about was myself. Do you ever have a situation like that? Where something happens, it's uncomfortable and it's painful. And instead of thinking about what maybe you should be thinking about, like coaching the rest of the basketball game, I truly to this day have no idea what happened the rest of that game. Because all I could think about was myself. And because of what happened to me, I lost the purpose for why I was there because something uncomfortable happened to me, I forgot the reason why I was at the game in the first place, which was to coach my team. And sometimes in life, uncomfortable things happen, painful things happen, difficult things happen. And when they happen to us, we can be taken out of the game. We lose our purpose. We lose our identity. We lose the reason why we're there. And in life, what happens when we hit those moments is we lose our ability to dream about the life that God might have for us. Because of something that happened outside of us, we lose the ability to live our life with a purpose that God intended for us to live it. So the question I have for all of us to think about and to talk about together tonight is what do we do when we lose the ability to dream? And what do we do when we stop living life 
on purpose. Because that's significant. That's significant. Notice the question isn't, do I have a purpose? Sometimes we get the wrong answer because we ask the wrong question. And asking the question, do I have purpose, isn't the right question to ask. I wanna, I wanna show you a verse, I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the New Testament. It's found in Ephesians chapter two and verse 10. This is what it says. It says, for we, that's all of us, are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us to do long ago. Here's something that's really cool about that word uh, masterpiece. In the Greek, it's the word poema. It literally means that we are God's epic story. It means that there's a story that God is telling and the person he's using to tell his story is you. That there's a design to this life that God's laid out before us and part of him moving his story forward is using you to move his story forward. You've got talents, gifts, abilities, passions, experiences, things that God has woven into the person that you are. And inside of that is a story that he's telling. And the story he wants to tell through your life is a story that he decided wanted to be told long ago. That the works that you're going to do, he created for you to do long before you were even here. Think about that for just a second. That part of God's design in calling you into his family was to use you to tell his story. And the things he had for you to do, he already knew about before he put you here to fulfill them. If you keep following that thought, here's what that means. That you are the only person who can carry the purpose God has for you to move his story forward. That's a powerful thought. There's no one else that can do for God's story what you can do for God's story. There's no one else who can do the good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. Like I can't take a pass on this one and hope Alex picks up my slack. I've been trying it for weeks, it's not going well. I just can't do it. We can't do that. We can't sit back and hope or think that someone else will do it because part of God's design was to tell his story through your life And the good works he designed for you to do are only for you to do. See, I think sometimes we come to this question about dreaming again about our purpose and we wonder whether or not God designed us with a purpose. And I don't think that's remotely close to the right question. I think there are passages and verses and stories all throughout scripture that clearly point to the fact that you have unique powerful, specific purpose that God has placed in you for his kingdom to move forward. So rather than ask the question, do I have purpose, I would much rather ask the question, what keeps me from living with the purpose that God intended for me to live with? Because that's a much better question to ask. A long time ago, I heard someone speak at a conference that I attended, and I'm almost embarrassed to tell you how long ago it is, because it's, I mean, this, truly, this is the oldest I've ever been. And, uh, and so it's just, it's longer ago by the second. 
But the speaker at the conference said the topic he was going to address was to address the leader's greatest fear. And he said this. He said that the leader's greatest fear is that they would fall victim to their shadow mission. I was immediately intrigued because I thought that we were going to talk about like a spy scenario uh, because that's what shadow mission sounds like to me. But that's not what he said. He said your shadow mission is your calling hijacked by your ego or your wounds. Here's what that means. It means that the unique purpose that God has placed in you can get hijacked by your ego or your wounds. The very thing that gives your life fulfillment and meaning and purpose can be hijacked by your ego or your wounds, by things that have happened in you and things that have happened around you. Think about it for just a second. When your calling gets hijacked by your ego, what that means is that you start using the skills, the talents, the gifts, the abilities, everything God designed you to be, but instead of using them to move his kingdom forward, you just use it to move yourself forward. You use it to move your own agenda forward. And we could sit here tonight and tell story after story after story of people who achieved remarkable things that would talk about how empty their life was. Because everything about their life was used to take their purpose, their gifts, their talents and abilities to just move themselves forward. I mean, I, I think we can all agree, here's what's true. When you put yourself at the center of your world, your world gets really small. When you put yourself at the center of your own story, the story doesn't go very far. Because we were designed to live life that was external before it becomes internal. Right? When you live your life the way God designed you to live, we always look to others first, and that helps define what's happening in our own heart and life. But so many times we think we want it to be internal, right? I just need to do what's best for me to do. But when we think that way, our world gets small. Because what happens then is everybody's got to get on our agenda. Let me ask you this question. Do you like being around other people where you constantly have to exclusively be on their agenda? You're like, That's, those, those are my best friends. Man, I love to hang out with them on the weekend. It's a blast. Let's call them tonight. See if they're free after C12 is done. We'll all hang out. No, because nobody wants to be around a person that you've got to be on their agenda all the time. And so we've got to change our thinking to realize that God's purpose is about what we do for others more than about what it does for us. But as we do for others, it does for us. See, purpose isn't something you arrive at one day like way out in the future. Purpose is something you carry with you everywhere you go. People think, man, if I just do these things long enough, eventually I'm going to discover what my purpose is. And that's not how it works. You've got purpose right now. We already talked about that. Because you're God's epic story and you're doing the good works he prepared in advance for you to do. So you can't allow your calling to get hijacked by your ego. Instead, you've got to learn how to leverage your calling to help other people and to serve other people because when you do that, the kingdom moves forward. And inside of that, you find significant purpose. 
in everything that God's entrusted to you to carry for his sake. But sometimes it's not our ego that hijacks our calling, it's our wounds that hijack our calling. There's things that have happened to us where to go back and try to fulfill the purpose God put in us feels too risky and it seems too scary to really go after it. Has anybody ever been there? Yeah. I've lived long enough to, to fail on both sides of this shadow mission thing. Super exciting. But I remember that, that God clearly called me at one point to be the pastor in a local church. And so I took a job as a student pastor at a church in Pennsylvania a long, long time ago in a galaxy uh, far, far away. And thank you. Thank you. Good night. Let's close in prayer. Uh, that's really all. That's really all I was after. I just that one laugh. That was good. Uh, man, I love being. I love being a pastor at that church. Because that's what God had called me to do. But the time that I had at that church had a really messy ending, and it wounded me significantly. So much so that the thought of working in a church again was something that I literally said I would never, ever do again. And for years, I did everything I could to make sure that that was true. Because to dream about coming back to the purpose that God had called me to, that he had placed on my life, to think about doing that again was so heavy and so weighty and so painful that the thought of avoiding it was far easier than facing it and dealing with it. And so for years, I ran away from it. I know you're going to be shocked to hear this, but in those same years, I found myself night after night after night dreaming about doing something different than what I was already doing. It was in that season of time in my life that I dealt with significant depression to the point that I couldn't leave the house. It's because I put myself at the center of my world and my world got really small. And there was no joy and there was no fulfillment that way. And when you allow yourself to let your wounds keep you from dreaming the dreams that God's placed in your heart, and when you allow yourself to let your wounds keep you from living the life in purpose that God has designed you to live, it can't help but be disappointing. And whether you allow your you're calling to get hijacked by your ego or your wounds, the same thing is true. That at the root of both of those things is our desire to self-protect. We just want to make sure that we're okay. Think back over the last couple of years. There's never been a time that I can recall where the ability or the desire to self-protect was more reinforced by the world around us. That you've just got to do what's best for you and you've got to do what's comfortable for you to do. And don't worry about what everybody else says or what everybody else thinks or what everybody else does. You get to the point where you start to worship what keeps you comfortable. 
And I don't know if you realize this or not, but what you choose to worship shapes the person you become. And when you choose to worship comfort, the person you become is either deeply apathetic or remarkably dissatisfied. Because when you choose to live outside of the purpose God designed you to, you either have to stop caring about what the purpose is he called you to do, or you've just got to rebel against it and live a life that's deeply dissatisfied. See, God is calling us to a life that's outside of ourselves, to a purpose that's bigger than even we realize it is. God's calling you personally to a life of faith, and faith by its very nature requires risk. You understand that? That safe faith is an oxymoron. There is no such thing. You cannot live a life following Jesus and play it safe all the time. You can't live a life following Jesus and decide, well, I mean, I'm going to follow Jesus, but I also want to be really comfortable all the time. Because he wants purpose in your life more than you want purpose in your life. He wants you to dream about what he's put in your heart because he did it on purpose and for a purpose and with a purpose. And so we live a life that's dissatisfied or apathetic and yet we still want the life that's rich and full and meaningful. And sometimes we get stuck in the middle. We get stuck in the middle of the life that God has for us, the life that we dream about having, and the life we currently have. And we can see maybe where it is we need to go to get the life God has for us, and yet we're unwilling to leave the things that are preventing us from getting to that life. It's so worth it to leave comfort aside and take the risk of faith that God's calling you to. It's so worth it. Because in the life God's called you to is deep joy and deep meaning and deep fulfillment. There's passion and excitement and joy that comes in living that life but until we let go of the things that we're clinging to, we can't get there. We can't get there. In John 10.10, 10, it says this. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. That sounds pretty good, right? Like how many of you right now would go, that's what I'm looking for, right? That's the life I want. I don't want my life to be stolen, to be killed, or to be destroyed anymore. What I want is life lived to the full. I want life that's deep and rich and meaningful. It's the life we want, but we also have to take the next step and understand what it takes to get that life. What it requires is for us to take the risk of faith. 
It requires that we set aside our self-protection. We set aside the wounds, the egos, all of those things, the fear that we carry with us so that we can live the life that God has called us to. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We look for meaning, we look for purpose, but we can't find it because we're unwilling to lose our life. We're unwilling to, to take the risk that requires us to lay down all of the things that keep us comfortable. Jesus' invitation to the full life, the rich life, that life to the full that we talked about in John 10, 10, was to choose to deny ourselves and to take up our cross so that we could find life in Jesus. Not just keep spinning our wheels by using the things he put in us for our own purposes. But what that requires of us is that we, we live a life that doesn't allow fear to drive See, fear, in my opinion, is an idol. Fear is an idol. Let me explain why I mean that. When fear shows up, is it ever content to sit in the passenger seat in the car? What does it want? It wants to drive, right? Every time fear shows up, fear wants the steering wheel. It wants to set the course of your life. It wants to tell you where to go and what to do. It wants to tell you when you should risk and when you shouldn't. It, it wants to tell you when you should live in your purpose and when you should just use your purpose for your own sake. You can't simultaneously have fear drive the car and say that we live a life following Jesus where, where he is first. Because if Jesus is first, guess what he wants? To drive the car. Here's what's hard. We think that we have to get fear out of the car. And, and I don't think that's true. I think what we have to do is just kick fear out of the driver's seat. It can sit in the back seat. Sometimes it's still there. But to live the life that Jesus has called us to, what it means is we let him drive the car and we go wherever he wants to go. And if fear wants to sit in the back seat and come along for the ride, that's fine. It's about the choice you make as to what it is you allow to drive your life. But the invitation of Jesus, the full life that he offers, doesn't come by allowing Jesus to be in the passenger seat of the car. It comes when he has full control of the steering wheel. What that means for you is we've got to evict fear from driving the car so that we can die to self and then find life as we do that. That's the invitation to the full life that Jesus is offering. He wants you to live a life that's rich and deep and meaningful. He wants you to understand the role in his story that he's created you to fulfill. He wants you to live in the good works that he designed in advance for you to do. But so many times we choose to take ourselves out of that life because we allow the purpose of God, the calling of God in our life to get hijacked by our ego and our wounds. But he's got so much more for you than that. 
He wants to invite you to dream again about the life he's called you to, about the purpose he has for you inside of that life. And I want to invite you to think about it tonight. I think there's three ways that we can choose to respond to this tonight. I think there's some of us in here tonight that we're trying to find purpose on our own terms. We want to live a rich, full life, but we're just using everything that God's placed in us just for our own gain. If that's you tonight, then the invitation for you is to surrender. It's to say, listen, I don't want that because ultimately it's not going to get you where you want to go. For some of us, we're sitting here tonight and we're just afraid to start dreaming again. We're scared to think about and dream about the life that God's called us to. There are things that we want to go after. There's things that, that we wish were true in our life, but we're allowing the wounds that have happened in our life and the fear that exists around us to continue to drive the car. If that's you tonight, then the invitation for you is to return to God and just to trust that he is who he said he is. He's a God that loves you, that has purpose for your life, that's called you to bigger, better things than you could even dream of having for yourself. And then for some of us, we're sitting here tonight and realize we know exactly what it is God's calling us to. We know exactly what it is that he's inviting us to be a part of. Maybe it's, maybe it's ministry as a career. Maybe God is calling you tonight to use your life to serve the church and to move the church forward. Maybe for you, you know that the purpose isn't that, but it's just simply to reconcile a relationship that's been broken. Maybe it's to, to just love someone more deeply and care about them and express that. Maybe the thing that he's asking you to do tonight is to just tell a friend about the, the impact that Jesus has had on your life. But wherever it is you find yourself tonight, here's what I wanna invite you to do. I don't want you to leave and let this go unsettled. Because I really believe deeply that there's power when we confess it. And so whichever one of those groups you might find yourself in, whether you're trying to find purpose on your own terms and you need to surrender, we want you to tell somebody about it tonight. Whether you're scared to dream again or to walk in purpose that God has for you, we want you to, to step out and trust God again with that. We want you to tell somebody about that tonight. And if you know right now what it is that God's calling you to do in purpose in your life, we want you to tell somebody about that tonight. So there's a prayer team. They're gonna come forward right now. And if you find yourself in one of those places and you know that's you, then we wanna invite you to come tonight and share that moment with someone on the prayer team and allow them to pray with you, to pray over you, to seal that in you tonight so that God can meet you and heal whatever needs to be healed, whatever needs to be moved forward in your life. So I wanna pray for us, and then if that's you and you want prayer, please come for prayer. We're gonna worship together as that's happening. So let me pray. Jesus, I'm grateful for your goodness to us. You love us so much. 
So Jesus, tonight we want to say that we trust you. We trust you with our life. We, tr we trust you with our purpose. We trust you with what you called us to. Jesus, for those that are in the room right now that are wrestling through what to do, would you give them courage to, to come and just ask for prayer, to share what's on their heart tonight? Father, would you continue to work as we worship together? We're grateful for your love for us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12Stone. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com smallgroups and search college. We hope to see you next week.